explodes. What was your mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? He was so worked up, he vomited on the sideline and then just kept on yelling at his teammates, Steve. <laughs> Coach, Minshew mania, the mustache sensation has taken over Pullman. Well, I don't know. I don't even think he had a mustache when I recruited him. I don't recall. If becoming a sideline reporter for ESPN didn't make me popular, this thing did. I've been getting offers for it all day long. All right, guys, here we go. Go ahead, one team, one. Welcome into the very first edition of the Sideline Pass podcast, formerly known as Sidelined Reporters, but we are no longer sidelined. We are back on the sidelines and going to bring you all of our stories and experiences from this crazy 2020 season. Allison Williams, Chris Budden, Molly McGrath with you. And um, ladies, it is a season unlike any other, and I know we are all having our own crazy, unique experiences, and I think it's just going to be so fun to hopefully each week share with uh, fans, listeners, kind of what this COVID football experience is like, because if our jobs weren't wacky enough, it just got even crazier in true 2020 spirit. How are we doing, ladies? Doing good. You know, this is the crazy thing is that I don't know if we all thought that we would be sitting here having this conversation about what it's like to be back at work at a football game uh, until the Big 12 decided to come in and say we're playing football. So as different as everything has been and our roles are crazy this year, um, my, my motto for 2020 is different is better than nothing. <laughs> That's so Yeah, great. absolutely. I mean, this, this whole podcast started as a Facebook Live, as a labor of love, right? Because we love our jobs. We love what we do. We were so bored during quarantine. And we got a lot of messages from, uh, you know, sports broadcasting hopefuls about advice, about our jobs, our journeys to this point. We touched upon a lot of that in Sideline Reporters. We're going to delve more into that with Sideline Pass Podcast. But this is kind of, this is unique, first of all, because I don't know about any college football podcast that has three women as the hosts, ladies. So I'm really proud of that. The fact that we're representing, um, you know, women in sports and just people in sports in general in our unique journeys to this point. Um, so I think that that's really unique. And it's going to be talking about our experiences on the sidelines traveling, covering college football during a pandemic, mind you, and how different this new world is. Um, and, you know, we'll be touching upon certain things in sports media. This is like a sports media podcast meets, as Allison Williams perfectly put it once, the moments behind the moments. We get some really cool moments. We get to see some really cool things on the sidelines. And we're going to take you guys kind of behind the curtain onto the sidelines, what we experienced before you saw a coach scream at us at halftime or what we saw on the sidelines before uh, Hail Mary pass that won the game. So I think this will be really unique and I'm really excited to get this started. I am as well. And I think you're so right, Molly, like it started as a labor of love and it will continue to be just that. And I, I love that um, the three of us have come together to do this because you're right. It is, it is unique. And I hope that it's like a safe space for anybody that has questions or is, 
interested um, in what we do or the sports we cover to ask questions and chime in. We want to be as interactive as we can be um, on a podcast. But let's kind of start um, with the start of this football season. I mean, Chris, you mentioned it. I don't think any of us are here if the Big 12 doesn't decide to play. So we appreciate that. Sorry, it's been a tough go on the field to start for a, a lot of those teams. Um, but yeah, that to me was kind of the linchpin, right? Like, I feel like either way they went, this football season was going to go. And then here we are, you know, middle of September. And it looks like the big, I mean, the big 10 did reverse course. It looks like the PAC 12 may as well. So, um, your, your motto is what for 2020 different is better than nothing. Yeah. Which is about how I felt the day that it came out. Like we were all preparing, like March 12th happened and all sports shut down. And then it felt like nothing changed for six months. And then all of a sudden the big 10 decides we're going to make an announcement and we're going to not play football. And then the PAC 12 came and then like, we're all texting each other being like, Oh my gosh, like, are we going to have jobs? (laughs) Jobs. And then the big 12, like threw out a life raft and like saved this season. And now slowly, but surely better testing's coming about. But yeah, like my motto is different is better than nothing. And we can go into the details about how our jobs are different. Uh, Like, like my first game, I've always, there's a, show that's called a Remy. It's where the producers and the directors are not on site. And I've done a lot of those, but I've never done a game where like my broadcast partners weren't on site. And like so you're I, the only announcer there. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like it's pretty lonely. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so but just everything from how you're getting information about COVID protocols, um, what players are going to be there. I think one of the interesting things is like, you get down there on the sideline and you have no information of who's going to show up. So you just like start checking off like who's there and who's not. And that is basically the essential of why I think it's so important for sideline reporters to be there this Mm -hmm. year. We're not sideline reporters. We're news reporters because without our eyes and ears there, like you won't even know who shows up for a game. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything has been different. Go ahead, Molly. Yeah, well, that's so true, Chris, because schools, you know, because of HIPAA laws, schools aren't releasing who is in and who is out because of COVID-19 positive tests or because of contact tracing. So you can get a depth chart each week and half of those players may not be on the field. So you need a sideline reporter or, or, you know, boots on the ground to tell you who's going to be in this game before kickoff as, you know, a support for the rest of the broadcast crew. And you look I mean, look at 2020 in general. Our world is changing daily. The Big Ten's not playing. Now the Big Ten's playing. The Pac-12 isn't playing. They're trying to get back to practice. Things are ever-changing. And you look at different situations, like we've had our first major college football head coach, Mike Norvell from Florida State, test positive for the coronavirus, and he's not going to be able to coach in the game against Miami. So we're seeing things ever-changing. And this is something where you need someone on site to tell you about contact tracing, to tell you about how the team is going to move forward without their head coach. Who's been in contact with this head coach? Contact tracing has been a huge story as well, Chris, as you know. Um, So this is unique. And, you know, I I think this is a time where sideline reporters and sports broadcasters in general can really shine because this is so unprecedented and so unlike anything we've ever experienced. 
Allison, I'm yeah. curious for you because your first game uh, was at Navy and had no fans. Every game I've done has had a little bit of fans, and I think it makes a huge difference. I was curious what that was like walking in there and having nothing. It was eerie. It was um, it was bizarre. It just didn't feel right. I, honestly, the 50 fans at Wake Forest made a difference and zero at Navy. Um, the one thing I, I said too afterwards, and I, I didn't know how to describe this because it, it felt disrespectful to say this, but it made what was happening on the field feel inconsequential because usually you have the, the immediate reflection of like the joy or the anger or whatever in the fans, right? So if somebody scores a big touchdown, you hear the response, you see the place go crazy. Um, there's a bad call. Everybody's booing. Like there's this this tangible reaction to what's happening on the field. And there's nothing when nobody is there, there is nothing. And like, yeah, the teams go crazier the you know, the players respond, but when you don't have the fans, it just makes it feel like, does this matter? Like it doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel important. And you know that it is, but it like creates this weird dynamic of like, does anybody care? Is anybody watching? Um, so it was, it was very eerie. And I mean, there were just multiple times that like I looked around and myself and I had a producer with me that game, Jonathan Wiley on the field. And we're like, dude, this is just like, can you believe this? Like, this is, this is what we're covering right now. Um, it just didn't feel right. And then, you know, last, uh, last game I did at Louisville, they had 12,000 fans, which was 20% capacity. And it was infinitely better because we're all like the ambient noise. Like that takes away the awkwardness of the silence. Um, so that helps, but you're right. Even a few thousand fans makes a difference and it just makes it feel like it matters. I, I can't even imagine Allison. I mean, even just watching on TV, seeing an empty stadium is jarring. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it gets us to the reality like, hey, we're playing football in the middle of a pandemic. This mm -hmm. is crazy. And our jobs are all about human interactions. Our jobs about our relationships with coaches. It's about getting close to the players. Back in the day, I would get sweat on and spit on it during interviews and you're getting close to things and guys are puking right next to you. And that's the good stuff. That's why college football is so fun, right? I mean, I hate to say it, but that kind of stuff. Germs. <laughs> yeah, but, but now we're living in a world where everyone's afraid of germs and social distancing is, is um, you know, it's really important. And it's important to continuing college football and continuing the season. I have not had a game yet. Um, I have not been on the field yet because the games that I've been assigned to have been postponed. And a lot of people are dealing with situations like that. But I'm curious for you guys, how are your jobs, Chris, you can start first. How has your job been different with social distancing guidelines in place? And how are you still able to get scoops from the sidelines? Yeah, it's different for every stadium you go to. So I've done three games. Everyone has been different. The first one I was allowed on the field. A lot of it's based on the size of the stadium and the sidelines. So the first one I did, I could go anywhere. Uh, my second one was in Austin at Texas and their protocols, because there's not room behind the benches um, and to keep players safe, I could only be in the end zone. Uh, and then Oklahoma State, theirs have always been packed right up against the side of the stadium. So there was never any room to go and you can't cross into the bench area. So I honestly spent the majority of my time in the stands because that was the best view I could get of the sidelines. And I know it's different. 
this is the hard thing. It will be different every place we go. Kelsey Riggs did pit this week because they're in an NFL stadium. They're not allowed on the field. So that's what's been hard is figuring out how to get information when you can't see. And it's just kind of like learning on the go. But like if, like I had already done an Oklahoma State game before, so I knew what the sidelines would be like. So I got there early to like walk around and figure out the best place to stand to get information. Um, but it's just like, it's a trial and error, just like the halftime interviews, two out of the three times that I have had a game this year. You go and there's a mic stand for the coach and they're supposed to hear my questions out of the speaker. And two times already, the speaker's not working and the coach is like, I have no idea what you just said. Live on air. And you know, you just roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I think my motto for 2020 is adapt and stay positive because everything is constantly changing and there's so much that you just don't know till you get there. Like I had... um, Miami at Louisville and I get a call from my director like two days before the game. He's like, so do you know that you're not allowed on the sideline? (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, apparently ACC, you know, you can't be on the sideline. I was like, well, I'm going to call BS on that because I did Clemson Wake Forest and I was on the sideline. Um, So there's a lot of like, you know, different stadiums come out and they say, well, these are the rules and you have to go to your bosses and say, hey, can you get with the conference because they're saying this and it's not this. Like you kind of have to constantly like fight for what you're able to do and get. Uh, But they did not allow like our light person or monitor um, other people on the sidelines. I mean, I eventually, you know, we got it cleared up, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of them like freaking out like, oh my gosh, Allison's in the bench area because this camera angle makes it look like I am. I'm not like, so there's a paranoia um, for sure. And understandably so. I mean, like there's a lot at stake here. Um, You know, we're wearing masks throughout the game, except for when we're on camera. But for the first two weeks, we had to wear masks on camera. That's super, like, I don't know. I found it super distracting and difficult to talk. And like, I don't know, maybe I'm just not as articulate as most, but like, it's awkward, right? I mean, it's, it falls out that you're used to. Yes. Let me say this. Like, we're all used to, like, distractions, okay? We can give a report <laughs> with a ball flying our way and a wide receiver about to take us out. But the second, like, you put on a mask and then it starts to fall down and then you're like, should I put it back up? Is that going to be distracting? What was my point again that I was just talking yeah. about? Like, should I just, like... It's, 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 well, that's the thing, right? You're thinking about so many things as you're saying whatever you're saying on air, right? Like, Hey, is the, you know, is the ball about to snap? How much time do I need to cut out the last sentence? I was going to say like, your mind is 17 other places. And then when you have this piece of fabric covering your mouth and it's like going into your mouth and you can't breathe, then it's below your nose. You're going to get yelled at and you're, it's such a disaster. So I was glad we got to take them off, but then that prevents the, or like creates a dynamic of your makeup's constantly screwed up. Like if you're going on, <laughs> Yeah. Should I put the so on now? I will say we should give a shout out to Todd McShay. Yeah. Yeah. The reason that we don't have to wear the mask because his was such a disaster two weeks ago it was. that they just said, you know what? For 30 seconds, you can remove yeah. it and then put it back on. I got so, rolled with it. Yeah. I'm so grateful for you guys and for Todd for blazing that trail and for dealing with <laughs> on camera reports with a producer in your ear, balls flying at you, a mask falling down your face, you're sweating, all of that stuff going on. And I know that you guys are a part of the battle to the bosses. Like, all right, if we're socially distanced from our cameramen, can we please take our masks off? 
for our on-camera reports because it is, it's distracting. And I practiced a bunch. This is so nerdy. I practiced a bunch in my hotel room um, doing reports back when I thought I had a game. And it, it's hard to breathe with the mask on as you're trying to talk and as you're, it's just a really weird dynamic that you just have to get used to, right? And a lot of the reports have been muffled. We've noticed a lot mm -hmm. of sideline reporters have had some muffled reports and fans are complaining. So um, I think it's good yeah, that but we can- fans are complaining when we're not wearing a mask. <laughs> I know, I, you can't believe fans anyone in 2020. It, you can't please anyone in 2020, but I do think it's a delicate balance of um, we are here to inform and entertain and be there for breaking news, but we also need to be safe and keep our distance in a job where uh, I used to hide behind medical equipment to try to get as close as possible to the bench area, you know, so I, I, I won't be able to do that anymore. So it'll be really interesting to see how our jobs and our roles evolve throughout the season, how coverage of college football evolves throughout the season. And what's really exciting is that we're going to be here to tell you all about it and to tell you about some of those awkward moments and things going on behind the scenes that maybe fans at home won't really realize because this is a year unlike any other, but I am so glad that we have football and that we are actually able to travel to games to cover these beautiful events. So it's all positive, but it's definitely going to be a learning lesson for all of us. Molly, I have a question for you because I got asked this today. So what happens when there's a canceled game? Like yours was canceled a couple of days out. It wasn't like Houston Baylor where you were on site, but like, what is that like emotionally to prep for a game? And then there isn't one. Yeah, Chris, it really, I will say, I felt just a tiny bit of the devastation and disappointment that players feel. Because these players prepare for a game plan. They prepare for a game. They're so excited. You know, look at teams like TCU and Baylor and the Oklahoma State Tulsa game was one that was postponed. And you gear up for that first game of the year and you are so giddy and ready to go and ready to run through a wall. And then all of a sudden you're told you have to wait another week or another two weeks or that that game is postponed or canceled. Um, for me, it was devastating. And I spent an entire Monday doing probably about five hours of prep. And I had already emailed the sports information directors from both schools. I had interviews lined up for the week. I knew exactly what I was talking about. I could have done the game on a Tuesday. I was so ready because I was so excited to get back to work. So to hear that, you know, sorry, game is postponed, was crushing, but that is just a fraction of what those athletes must feel because they have dealt with uncertainty all off season. Football's finally being played. They're ready to go. They've been training for this. This is the year that they can break out and maybe have their Joe Burrow moment. Guys like Justin Fields who just want to prove themselves and can get on the map. And a guy like Joe Burrow who wasn't on anyone's draft boards and he was the first overall pick. Like one year in college football really matters. Every game matters for these kids. So um, I can't imagine the devastation that a lot of these athletes must feel with their games being postponed or canceled. I felt the tiniest fraction of it, but I'm like, I am ready to run through a wall. I'm so ready to broadcast a game. I like they might have to calm me down before I go on air for the first time because I'm just so excited. Well, we'll see out there on Saturday. I, I will say like the one weird thing to me talking to Sam Ellinger, who the quarterback for uh, Texas 
when I was talking to him, it was a Friday before a game. And I was like, how excited are you for your first game? And he's like, honestly, like until I know that our opponent is here and they've all tested negative, like I'm not even letting myself get to that point. And so, you know, as an athlete, like how do you set goals for yourself for a season when you don't even know if they'll be a finish your season if you'll have a game three weeks from now so like the mindset of of ellinger in that moment to not even be able to get excited and the anxiety that you feel on a week-to-week basis like am i gonna have a game like that was pretty jarring to me to hear yeah i got the sense too for these guys like especially for the miami louisville game um, both the teams talked about how because of all the COVID 19 protocols and restrictions like it took away the fun so the fun things they would do in the off season, the team outings and parties and trips to the beach or what have you, the team building stuff that allowed guys to just bond and laugh and, and enjoy themselves. They couldn't do any of that. And so it, 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 it was work, right? Like it's just practice and work and restrictions and all this stuff. And I just really got the sense in that game, like that was the fun they had put in the work and now it was time to have fun and that was going to happen out on the field. And it just, it felt a little different. Like you could tell there was like this celebratory feeling to being able to get out on the field and play ACC football. And it was, it was cool to see in warmups and yeah, the, you know, the, the, their fans aren't packed into the stadium. The energy is different. They got to bring their own energy. Um, they did that. And then some, but I think it's totally like, I think you're right. Like you almost can't let yourself go there till you're there. And then once you are, it just feels like there's like this release and this celebration before the game even kicks off because you did it. Like you got there, like you stayed. I mean, think about the sacrifice these players are making. They're college kids. I know what I did in college at university of Miami. It's not what they're doing. Like they're not at Sandbar <laughs> on Tuesday night. Um, you know, they're not, they're not going to the parties and stuff. And that's, like that sucks and they're making that sacrifice because they know like their decisions don't just affect them they could wipe out entire conferences entire teams you know i mean you have one positive or and it spreads i mean like so the 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 sacrifices they're making i commend them um and i give them so much credit especially when you consider they were doing a lot of this without knowing for sure that they would in fact have a season yeah, Allison, I think we're seeing a different kind of maturity from college football players this season. Um, you know, making the sacrifices that they've made to get back onto the football field. They're not acting like normal 21-year-olds. You know, mm-hmm. when I was 21, like you, I, I would take this seriously, but I, I was someone who was more interested in my social life. And these athletes are people who are putting that aside and they're doing it for their conferences, for their teams. I think you're seeing incredible sacrifice from these athletes and also the maturity that we're seeing when it comes to social justice issues. When you look at players like Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Wilson and guys who are speaking out and we're seeing college athletes with a voice for the very first time and people are taking notice and college athletes are even calling their coaches out. And that checks and balances in college football has been really interesting because players are now holding their coaches accountable for COVID testing, for social justice issues, for their actions on and off the field. So I think we're seeing a revolution in college football. And I had said this previously, college football as we know it will never be the same. I know as a person, I will never be the same after 2020 and what we went through dealing with a pandemic, um, you know, the, the worry that you will lose your parents 
to this disease, the worry that you will never work again, the worry that you could lose your job. This kind of stuff changes people. And we're seeing it change these athletes and mature them in incredible ways. And, and college football, as we know, it will always be different. As we're seeing like the ACC bringing Notre Dame in, the fact that they don't have divisions, I think that that could have a trickle down effect for years to come. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with the playoff this year? Who knows what's going to happen moving forward and how this year is going to affect it? But I think we're watching history in the making. Molly, you said um, you'll never be the same after 2020. Yeah. That's because your life is never going to be the same from <laughs> 2021, girl. We got some news. Can we announce it? That's true. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I just announced it this week because I'm going to be on TV on Saturday, and I don't want people to be shocked when they see me for the first time. Uh, but I am pregnant. And I am expecting my first child. My husband and I are expecting our first child in the winter of 2021. So 2020, we're not dealing with you. We're having a baby in 2021, <laughs> which is great. Um, but I think it'll be another unique thing about this podcast is that we are all mothers. Both of you have young children and we are traveling and covering football in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm pregnant in the middle of a pandemic. So that has been really unique with my husband not being able to come to doctor's appointments. Um, I'm going to be wearing a mask and a face shield like Andy Reid during labor. And you know that thing's getting just as fogged up. Um, so it's going to be really interesting um, dealing with this. But it's something that I think is really important. And I was adamant. I want to work. I want to travel. And I talked to my doctor about it. My pregnancy has been really healthy. And she said, if you want to keep traveling and keep covering college football, do it. Like your pregnancy is healthy and there's nothing stopping you. Um, so I feel empowered and I feel empowered not just by my doctors, but by our bosses. I was terrified to tell our bosses that I was pregnant um, because I was it's afraid. It's a scary conversation yeah. to have. And it it's is. When all your yeah. bosses are men like, hey. You know, By the way, <laughs> and it's something that you can't hide. If a man has a wife who's expecting, no one will know. But I'm wearing the baby inside my body, like I'm growing it as we speak. So it's something that's going to be very obvious to viewers. Um, I realized when I saw the socially distanced interviews at halftime that I will not be able to hide my pregnancy because they're shooting really wide and they have to. And I understand that. Um, so I decided, I talked to my husband, decided I'm just going to be open about my pregnancy. And I think this is a really unique thing to deal with in a pandemic, but I'm ready for it. And I've gotten the, the clear and the go ahead, and it's just going to make this 2020 that much more interesting. Well, we're both so excited for you and we're so excited to hear the news and there will be a onesie like arriving at your doorstep that said, um, we did not socially distance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but like that's part of why we also wanted to do this podcast is because there are women in the same position or young reporters who want to know like what is it going to be like when I get to that step and that's part of why we started sidelined reporters and why we wanted to continue it and so this is our plan we're going to sit here and chat every week talk about our games we'll have interviews like the idea was the moments behind the moments that interview or that hit that went viral, like we'll talk to other reporters about their experiences and questions. Like we love questions and being able to answer anything. So um, what, what did the kids say? Slide into our DMs, ask us uh, <laughs> questions and we'll, we'll, we'll answer them on here. Yeah. And I think it'll just be a great forum too for um, 
for us to connect and share because, you know, for so long there was like this perception that women didn't support women in sports media. And it, it's just not true. Um, I think there was a point uh, not so long ago and maybe there was some truth to that, but there isn't now. And I, that's changing and I'm thankful for that. And I, I hope we can amplify the voices of other people in this business because we all have unique experiences to share. I mean, Molly's got to tell you, like, I thought being pregnant during a football season was crazy. Having a kid during a football season is crazy. I went back to Louisville for the first time um, since last year and I was walking onto the field and I looked to the left and I'm like, that's where the ambulance was parked that I went and nursed my five month old at halftime. And I literally had a pump on one boob and him on the other. And I fed him at the half and ran back out to catch Scott Satterfield on his way back from the locker room. And I like just thought back to that moment and how insane it was like pumping and nursing in an ambulance at the half of a football game. Um, but you just do it and you figure it out. And I think it, it'll be really fun just to share kind of our unique experiences and stories um, with people that are interested in and um, aspiring to work in this field because it is a pretty unique um, arena. And I think some of the stuff too that we often see, you know, during games, we don't always get into a broadcast. So I'm really excited for that component as well to like have this forum, like, Hey, I didn't get to tell you this, but I saw this um, after we cover our game. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun um, to bring this to people each and every week. And hopefully they'll tune in and, and uh, be able to take a few things from it. Well, knock on wood, we all have games this Saturday and we're all going to be on TV <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> yes. Talking about Chris, sports. Chris, where will you be? I will be back at Oklahoma State uh, against West Virginia. What about you, Molly? Molly? Uh, I have Florida State at Miami. So I'm hanging out at Miami this week, one of the most exciting teams in college football right now, and we'll find out if it's for real. I'm really excited to cover your alma mater, Allison. Yes, you are in my old stomping grounds. I will be in Chris's. I'm headed to Columbia for Alabama at Missouri. Eli Drinkwood's making his – debut as a head coach in the SEC. Chris, any good um, places I got to hit up or like DoorDash from since I'm not supposed to leave the hotel? Yeah, Flat Branch. Go, go get yourself um, some spinach artichoke dip and a chicken wrap from Flat Branch. Flat Branch? Yeah, it's a brewery. So maybe you can also get oh, beer to go too. I don't know can I get a pint to go? <laughs> yeah, or a growler. <laughs> this will be really fun every week just hanging out and everyone can listen in to what's going on with us and the things that we experience on the sidelines and during quarantine and testing and all of that stuff um, so I'm so excited and we'll try to post one every week thanks so much for joining us for the first ever episode of sideline pass podcast please like and subscribe share as well so you can join us each and every week as we provide you an inside pass and peek to the sidelines of college football.